this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we are talking to cool people doing cool things all around the state of Minnesota. And there's a story today that I ran across that really touched my heart. And for those of you that have listened to the podcast, I think I've talked about my mom before. Um, my mom was a breast cancer survivor for five years before she finally passed. And when you lose someone, whether it's your mom or your spouse, there's obviously a grieving process and everybody grieves in a little bit different way. And I ran across a family that was grieving in a way that I thought was so interesting and unique. So I invited them to be with me today. I am with Ron Rudolph and Christy, is it Boyke? Yep. Okay. And they are with Rudolph uh, Bluebird Houses. And Ron, you started Rudolph's Bluebird House Houses when your wife, Pat, had passed from brain cancer. Had she been sick long? Well, she had breast cancer in 2004. I thought maybe she did. Yeah, that was... And it's funny... That kind of, when I see a woman dying of brain cancer, it's usually one of two things. They're either a young woman that has like a geoblastoma or some kind of cancer, or they're a woman who may have had breast cancer that metastasized to the brain. So it occurred to me that maybe that was your story. Did she have some remission time? Yeah, she had breast cancer in 2004, and we had made it all the way to 2016, and we thought, we were in the clear. Yeah, the 10-year mark is like, five-year mark is like, we're in the clear. 10-year mark, it's like, it's so in your rearview window. Yeah, and we were in Duluth for the 4th of July in 2016, walking along the shore, holding hands, looking at the ships, and he just got real dizzy. Started bumping into me, and we sat down, and he didn't understand what was going on. So we we ended up going home, and the next day, called the doctor and had an MRI, and and that day we were back at the hospital planning a surgery because we had found a, a tumor at the base of her brain. Right. And from that time in July to the time that she died, how much more time did you have? What was the length of time before she passed? Well, she passed away in January of 2018. Okay. All right. So you had some time to deal with it. But, boy, um, it's interesting how... You can go through a cancer diagnosis and all of the things that happen with breast cancer. I'm a survivor eight years myself. And then, you know, the world moves on and you move on and you really want to just like put it behind you. But there is always that threat of it coming back or it coming somewhere else. I personally am stage three. So if I get breast cancer again, it would be stage four right away. So probably lung, probably brain, probably bone would be my situation. And I, when my mother was, my mother had breast cancer too, and she was diagnosed, then went into remission, and then it recurred. And I thought about you a lot because my stepfather, after my mom passed, it's, you're, there's all this flurry of activity when somebody's sick, right? And there's the appointments and then eventually the hospice and people coming to say their final words and goodbyes and the funerals. And then it's done. And your family goes back to their lives and you as the surviving spouse are left in the house. And when I read your story, I really resonated with it because my stepdad 
I felt like he rattled around in the house for about a year, just very aimless. He was always looking for things. He was walking a lot. He just felt, I think, kind of scattered in his brain trying to reorder. How do you recreate a life after this life that you had with this other person? And the silence was so deafening for him. And he was so, it's like you're lonely, but no amount of people or things fill up that loneliness. It's like your personal grief journey that you have to work through. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And that's exactly what happened to me uh, when my wife was, Pat was her name. Yep. Um, When she was sick, of course, people were coming and going all the time, friends, neighbors, family. And, And up until and after the funeral, you know, the house was full of people and and then they started to leave, and that's when it really hit me. My son lives in Tampa. My son and his wife and granddaughter live in Tampa, and uh, they were the last ones to leave, and uh, that was a hard night. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was all these things I thought I had to figure out, but I, I just knew I had to do something, and so it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I got out of bed, and I went outside now this is january in minnesota and sure my shop <laughs> not warm my shop was a little cold and i remember walking out into the shop and i opened the door and turned the lights on and i'm thinking what am i doing because it follows you you can't run away from it and what am i going to do now that i'm here and i i saw a bluebird house that i had made years ago i kept it as a pattern and i thought you know i think i'll just start cutting out a few pieces and so I did. I gathered up some material that I had, and I cut pieces. And the next few days, I cut some more. And before long, I had maybe a dozen bluebird houses put together. And and that's when I called my daughter, Christy. I said, uh, hey, you got to help me. i got to get rid of some of these bluebird houses. But she said, Dad, it's January in Minnesota. <laughs> who's who's going to want a bluebird house? Right. So, so she... Uh, you know, made up a little story about what had happened and what I was trying to do and how I was trying to get through it and put it on Facebook Marketplace. And Christy, did you know when he called you and said, I've got these bluebird houses, were you thinking he's lost his damn mind or were you <laughs> understanding based on who your dad is that that could be part of his processing? Oh, absolutely. He was always working with his hands and out in the shop and that's my childhood was watching him build things and create stuff in the right. shop. So I knew he would probably be doing something with it. But it was just kind of fitting that it was the Bluebird house because my mom loved bluebirds. And just needing that one last connection to her, it was it was just a pretty fitting connection. <laughs> I Something so embarrassing to tell you. And I actually like kind of know a little bit about birds and gardening. And I was looking and I thought, bluebirds, bluebirds. And I was getting, in my mind, I was thinking blue jays, which are beautiful birds, but kind of (laughs) nasty. And so I was thinking, oh, weird, their mom, like they're, they think of their mom when they see a blue jay. And then I saw on your site, the legitimate blue bird that, of course, I've seen blue birds, but you don't see them as often as you used to. So then I was like, oh, yeah, this is not the blue jay. This is the pretty blue bird, the aqua blue head and really nice bird but they you don't see them as much as you used to you're out kind of more in the countryside do you guys see them more out there yeah we see them in the yard all the time and and you know i'd had or i had bluebird house 
houses up at the time because, like I said, I'd made them before. But, I mean, I wasn't trying to increase the bluebird population. <laughs> I was trying to make it through the night. Yeah. Yep. That, there was never an intention of starting a business at age 64. Yep. But that's kind of what happened. Here you are. So, Christy, what was your background that you knew about Facebook Marketplace and, like, I'm a mom. I've got four kids. I use it for everything. I I buy and sell clothes and kids' toys and isn't all it amazing? Stuff. Yeah, because my husband's obsessed with Craigslist, and that feels kind of like. Do you like you do you like Craigslist, Ron? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my husband's on it every day. We bought a cabin off of Craigslist. We've bought boats. My husband sells fixes motorcycles, sells them, gets a different one, and he'll buy something. And he'll decide he doesn't really, it wasn't really what he wanted. And then he's like, but I'll just resell it. Like, it's no big deal. And what's funny is my brother-in-law also is like, my husband will say, oh, he'll send him a link to something he saw. My brother-in-law will be like, yeah, I already saw that. It's on Craigslist. Like, so it made me laugh that, that you figured out like, oh, I'm going to put this on the Facebook marketplace because I feel like that's the mom's Craigslist. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I've sold a ton of stuff when we moved. Um, so you put the story out on Facebook Marketplace. At this point, you had like 15 to 30 of these bluebird houses. And then what happened? There was just a big community of support that kind of surrounded us. And I, on accident, had the zip code to my house on the listing. I forgot to put it at his. So it, it was supposed to have gone to Hamill, but it ended up in New Prague. And it could have, that was probably the best thing that happened to us was... The farmland and all of the people that were surrounding the New Prague cities, they were buying them in like 20, 30 at a time to line their farm fields with. Oh, that's so So nice. And each bluebird house has a little plaque. Um, Well, not all of them. Uh, That that story happened. A a lady had bought 12 of them, and she wanted to give them away as gifts. And she thought the story was so unique. She had little plaques made, Oh. and she put them on each one of the ones that she had bought. But then I, you know, she told me where she had a maid, and so then I went and bought a bunch more, and I don't remember how many I bought, 100 probably, and and put them on, you know, the houses for, you know, people that were really special or, yeah, you know, kind of special occasions. I mean, if somebody bought 20, I wouldn't put them on 20. But, right. You know, they might get them on one, but the, uh, the interesting thing about Facebook and Marketplace was – they eventually contacted us because they saw how fast this was, you know, how how many people were. Yeah, how like, fast it how, was trending. and Yeah, how many people were liking it. And so they contacted us because they never, I don't think they ever intended or they never thought of Facebook Marketplace being used as a way to work through grief. Sure. So they invited us out to San Francisco to their headquarters. And we toured the place, and and then, well, the, before they invited us out there, they came out to the shop and did a video. And this is so fantastic. I have no. I mean, to be honest, I sort of think of Facebook as like Mark Zuckerberg and this Darth Vader-like group of little minions out there controlling our lives. So I, it's nice to hear something that touches in me in a more human way. Uh, this it was a really cool event. They had a media day in San Francisco, and they. They showed our video, and there's a lady sitting next to me, and she uh, tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, are you Ron Rudolph? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, nice to meet you. I'm Cheryl Sandberg. (laughs) And uh, honestly, I wasn't sure who 
Sure, Sandberg sure. Was, you know, nice lady, but I never knew her. Right. And so they showed our video and then um, a few questions and afterwards and uh, people were mingling around and there was media from all over the country and uh, a couple ladies approached me and said they're from the Today Show and they'd they're going to get me out to or get us out to New York. And yeah, I, I wondered about that because you were on the Today Show too. Yeah, so you're my then, only guest that's ever been on the Today <laughs> Show. So you got or fa- or gone to Facebook headquarters actually. So then the producer from the Today Show called us too and came out and did their own video, and then uh, and then next, People Magazine picked it up. Next thing I know, we're in New York, and then yeah, we did a podcast for People Magazine and. I mean, it's crazy. It's so how many of these birdhouses have you sold? About 3,000. Wow. And you've made them all by hand with your family and your friends? Well, family most. You know, Christy, you know, her, her four children, my, four of my eight grandkids. Uh, my other daughter, Nicole, her son, Ethan, helped me a little bit. So I've got grandkids. And then, uh, of course, my dad. My dad's 91 years old. When I built that shop, I'd given him a key to it for Father's Day, so he was no stranger to my shop. Sure. But he doesn't drive anymore, and, you know, I don't let him use all the machinery like he used to, but he'll screw parts and pieces together, so it's it truly is a family affair. I That is a... Christy, that part of the story just touches me because... You know, it's one thing to be working through grief by finding something to do with your hands, and then you're making this product that is in memory of your wife. But then it's created this opportunity for your your children, your grandkids, for all of you as a family to reconnect in this activity. That has to be really inspiring for you. Well, going back to after my mom passed away, it, it was heartbreaking for me. I'd come out to the house as often as I could from New Prague to visit my dad and bring him meals and yeah. clean up the house and see how he was doing. But leaving was devastating for me. I, I just I hated the way I felt when I left him, knowing that he was kicking around that empty house and yeah. all the smells and pictures. And so finding something to keep him busy and being able to continue it was it turned into a passion of mine and being able to involve my kids and my grandpa and it's it's just been such a blessing for us and you're actually like building a business too you're now like you have an entrepreneur story (laughs) well yeah it's 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 quite a story uh the the pickup events like christy talked about earlier were i mean i'd bring i bring i think the most i brought to new prague for a pickup day on a Sunday was 117, and then two weeks later was another 114. And I mean, I still have a job. Yeah. And so I'm trying to fit this in. And like I said, I never intended to start a business, but um, that's what we have. Yeah. And uh, and it's fun now because um, the hospice home where my wife Pat passed away, Our Lady of Peace in St. Paul, um, <clears throat> provided counseling, grief counseling. And, uh, and, and there's another grief center that we're involved in. It's called Brighter Days Grief Center in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And, uh, that's actually where this, these kit building workshops started. Um, Carolyn from Brighter Days would invite people 
who were involved in her grief center to come to the center, and, and Christy and I would come, and the grandkids, with all the pieces for a birdhouse, or several of them. And so we'd, I'd start by telling my story and how it started and what I was doing, and then went around the room and everybody shared their story. And when we were done sharing our stories, we built birdhouses, actually put them together, and they got to take them home. So and it became something you could share with others. Yes, in the same spirit that we were doing it by keeping your hands busy, doing something and creating something. And uh, it's been coined a, a cedar ministry or a, a safe place to land and all kinds of wonderful things that people have come up with. And we've done these uh, workshops at Gilda's Club and the hospice home and like i said brighter days grief center and so it's kind of taken on a life of its own and it's spreading and you have ornaments too <laughs> which i thought was unique and fun my mom loved christmas so that struck me my son was playing with some of the leftover pieces that my dad had all over the shop from the birdhouses and i held up a little section of one of the sides of the birdhouse and i was like oh my gosh dad put a top on this it's a cute little ornament and those took off just as quickly as the birdhouses did because it's it's the story behind it and being able to paint and personalize something and put it up in memory and just sharing the the connections associated with something that was handmade out of a loss by a family that's experienced something that everybody can relate to. Absolutely. Everybody has a hobby or everybody's good at something. And I've said this before, but what a shame it would be to try and fight through a situation like we were in and not use that talent or hobby to help you. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that, first of all, I had the, you know, the hobby and the space, but you got to have the desire to do it, too, Mm -hmm. because time is the ultimate healer, but you have to occupy that time. You you can sit in a lazy boy and time will go by, but you have to do something with it. And we're just really lucky that we found something to make make the time go by. You, You never forget, but... You're occupying this idle time because you don't really feel like doing anything. Yeah, and you're a year and a half out. And, yeah, time goes by. You know, I have lost my mother. I've lost a sister. You don't forget, and the time feels different. And maybe not every day is this burning, searing pain, but the time goes by. The thing that inspired me, or the thing that surprised me most is... And people say that you've inspired me, and I, I, again, never set out to do any of it, but um, one of the local TV stations came out and did a little video about us, and I got a phone call after that aired from a man who had said that he, he'd seen the video, and but he couldn't. When I got to the point of talking about my wife's tumor he said i had to shut it off but i'd really want to meet you and i thought man i don't i don't have this figured out i I don't yeah i mean if if you want to come and have me help you i'm not sure i can do that so i called the facilitator of the group group that i was in and she said well maybe you don't have to say anything maybe you just have to listen to him so i called him and i invited him back and or called him back and invited him out and he came out and he said 
my wife too had breast cancer and it turned into a brain tumor but she's still with us and he said when you found something to do to occupy your time he said it inspired me his hobby I'm not sure what his occupation was he still worked but his hobby was he was an artist and he drew with colored pencils and he drew these beautiful wildlife scenes and beautiful beautiful stuff and uh he said, here, I, I have something to show you. So he walked to his pickup, and he took out his art, or his book, his sketchbook, and he page after page his beautiful drawings that he did. And he said, this one's for you. And he turned the page, and it was a bluebird sitting on a bluebird house that he had made for me. And he said, until I saw your story, I hadn't touched these pencils for 14 years. So you never know how you're inspiring others yeah but again he had a hobby and he used it now his wife was still with us but he's still going through the same thing that we did you know because we knew what was going to happen i was christy when you one of the things that was really surprising to me about the loss of my mom was you know there's the legitimate day of the path that she passed And, you know, it's sad and all the things. But the next day, I kept, like, waiting for this big moment to happen. Because I thought, you know, here's this person who means so much to you in your life. And, um, you know, I had a great relationship with my mom. She was a wonderful person. And every day I was waiting for the moment. And what I realized probably weeks later was that I had been grieving her the whole time. And I wasn't going to have that big moment in a dramatic fashion like I thought I would. Does that resonate with you at all? Absolutely. She, she, we knew she was terminal. My, I had a baby three weeks before we found out about her terminal diagnosis. So my, my little Noah has kind of been a little spot in the sun for me through all of this but yeah. watching him grow at the same rate she declined kind of put me to the side a little bit with my grief process but I kind of feel like for the, for the 18 months that she was going downhill it, it definitely was a, a grieving process every day and yeah it still is it's and it's just different like it's just different I just I remember thinking I was going to have this big moment and it was really a massive amount of little moments quieter moments mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. My grief process for me started when we were talking about the surgery, and after the surgery, that we were only to we were only able to get such a small part of it, and so so yeah, it was quite a process. Um, as you move into this business now, because it is a business. Is that is that something that you feel like you want to continue to grow and maintain? Because you started this business out of a grief journey. And are there some days where you feel like maybe I need to be done with this now? Well, there's times that that crosses my mind. But then you'll get a card from somebody who says they have five blue eggs in their house. Or you'll get a card in the mail or a phone call or an email from somebody who's said something about how you've inspired them and it makes you not 
want you to keep stop. going yeah yeah that's and the favorite part for me too is that he my dad doesn't have facebook so i get to be the behind <laughs> the scenes kind of person with all of this but all the messages and all of the comments and pictures that we receive from people that have been touched by this and have shared in our journey and feel like they're connected you know it kind of it puts you together you're you're kind of in a a group of sorts with people that just understand the pain and the loss that comes with the experience that we've been through. And the, the uh, not all of the proceeds, but some of the proceeds from, you know, like you said, it is a business. And even though we sell them pretty reasonably, you know, you're making money. And Our Lady of Peace, the hospice home where Pat died, was at no charge. So couple months after we started doing this uh, Christy and I went down and, and we made a donation and uh, the kids and I have decided that every year on our birthday July 17th we're going to do it again so that's a little inspiration too to keep it going yeah so, so that you can keep helping others kind of and pay back and and let others feel what I felt when we were able to go there to such a wonderful place and I want people to hear too and I always try and tell people this you know, you think about hospice for final days, but many people and families that end up using hospice, I'd like to encourage you to research it before final days, because like you said, you knew your mom was terminal, but there are so many resources and help that they can provide for the family helping to come to the end of life with your loved one from you know grief counseling to just some of the organizational pieces of how to deal with somebody dying it's a lot well and what i've heard from some of the counseling that that i've been to and and most of the groups that i've been in i mean there's only been a couple men Mm -hmm. in the groups it's always full of women and uh apparently it's unusual for a man to share their story because you know you it it was it was a little difficult for me because the funeral was on a friday and i went back to work on a monday Mm -hmm. and people would ask me how are you doing and i just say i'm good i'm good and really i wasn't of course i was a mess but you have to admit that to yourself and seek the help and it works and it's so weird too because you know, if you turn to the person who said, how you doing? And you looked at him and said, really, I'm a complete mess. I have no idea what's going on. What day is it even today? Because that's how I'm getting through these days. They'd be like, "Ooh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> and it's not like people don't want to help, but it's almost like how you doing is a greeting, not a real authentic interaction with you. And I understand that, of course, because we can't go through our day making intimate connections every single second. But it it's just hard to know when to share. I think it's harder for men because it's just not in your DNA in the same way in, in a lot of instances. Certainly there's exceptions to every rule. But, Christy, I want to ask you about something. And this is maybe a weird question for you. But it, I think as a daughter, it can be hard to connect with a dad. And in losing my mom, who was sort of that intermediary for us, she was the conduit. She was the planner. She was the one who'd set things up. And all of a sudden, like all of our holiday traditions and everything, my stepdad 
on his own didn't he doesn't think of those things he wasn't wired in the same way that my mom was so trying to figure out how to have a relationship with him on my own without my mom was real weird and is still weird I'm still working on it and I was like oh I wish we had this birdhouse thing because then we could do an activity or like something that would be together that wouldn't be so awkward trying to find time to spend together. Does that make sense? Yeah. From the beginning, we've kind of joked that she's been leading this, my mom. She's, she's been guiding us to this because it, it just so naturally happened. I, I was wanting to take care of him and make sure he was okay in those first couple of weeks, and then he asked me to help him with the birdhouses, and it just kind of took Flowed. on that life of its own. And those, those community pickup events in my garage in New Prague for – six months you know every weekend it it was just really beneficial for all of us to be together and to be working with a purpose and having the people come up the driveway with kleenex in their hands and tears on their cheeks because they had read the story and they knew about it already it became almost like a safe haven for us where right with strangers you know hug and our hearts just knew each other and we just kept going from that yeah (laughs) It helps to talk about it. It helps me to talk about it. And I realize that I've had a greater advantage than maybe even a lot of other men who are dealing with something like this because there's so many people have come to the house or come to the shop or come to Christie's house and, and shared their stories. But you need to talk about it. You just can't keep it in. You have to talk about it. The more yeah. you talk about it, the, um, in one of the grief uh, groups that, one of the sessions that I was in, uh, one of the assignments was to bring a portrait or a picture of your spouse and introduce your spouse to the class. And I got home after I heard that that was the assignment for next week. When I got home, I I called back and I said, I'm not going. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Fortunately, it was a week later and I changed my mind and I did. And, And I brought a picture of Pat and I introduced her to the group and it was one of the best things I could have done because you're confronting the elephant in the room. This isn't just someone you're talking about. It's like, here she is. And, and it was, it, it really was beneficial to me. And so in these kit building classes now that we go to when we first start talking, well, that's the first thing I'll do is introduce her to the group. Right. And it's, it's, um, it's, you know, brought on some pretty good conversation, you know, mm-hmm. because then others start talking more and more and more. And I'm looking at my watch thinking, hey, we got to get these birdhouses done. <laughs> we got to be out of here. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and people, once the talking starts, sometimes it never stops, right? Yeah. But the point is we're talking about it. And for a little while after we're done, nobody, nobody thought about grief. We were building birdhouses, and everybody was having fun, and they got to come bring one home. And there's women that have never had a battery drill in their hand in their life, and they did it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to paint it this color. I'm going to put it here, and it's going to be in memory of my aunt or my mom or my grandma or my sister. So many women who we have lost to breast cancer and still are looking for a cure. You know, there's been progress and gene therapies and gene targeting and different drug advancements but i still i'm like okay two things really bug me one is we can put someone on the moon right which seems like in my mind like such an impossible thing 
and yet we still haven't cured cancer. That bugs me. Also that we can put someone on the moon and we can't seem to predict the weather. <laughs> like doesn't, you know, it's like how can we do something that seems so fantastical and then just weather, like I don't know. It seems odd to equate the two, but they're both two things that really stick in my brain and I just like we've put so much money towards trying to cure cancer. We have so many smart people. There's so many doctors and maybe now with the moonshot and trying to share more of that information it'll be better, but I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me. In in terms of the Facebook, is that still primarily the way that you're marketing the business, Chrissy? Yeah, we haven't done anything else. I've I've put up just random ads on the marketplace, and then we made our Facebook page after we went on the Today Show just to kind of put it all in one spot. And, yep. And that's and do you do Instagram too? Yeah, yeah. I started an Instagram page shortly after we were at the headquarters of Facebook. and People were asking us to, do you ship? You ship these things, and and my reaction to that was, oh God, you know, I, a fulfillment I, center in yeah, your shop. I don't want to buy boxes, and I, I just and you know, so our response was, no, we haven't figured out shipping yet. And then, of course, the response we'd get back was, well, you said that last month. It's like, <laughs> well, okay, we better. So they forced you. We better get this figured out. So I had boxes made, and. uh Fortunately, we had them prepared for when we got home from the Today Show because my sister and brother-in-law came out to help me, got home on a Friday, and on Saturday we had shipped 224 just in the one day. We boxed up that many, and so far, well, I'm I'm not sure how many we've shipped, but a lot to, I think we're up to 40 different states now. From Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. <laughs> and so the UPS man comes to your house every day? And well, no, I, I still take him to the UPS store. And the, I remember the first day I had my pickup full of them, and I, I had a little gal behind the counter. I said, I got something to show you here. And, and she you saw 200 and some boxes in the back of my truck. So she was a little surprised. but um, They're used to you now. <laughs> The uh, my granddaughter Grace, uh, we've got a map of the United States, and start putting pins in the map, you know, for all the different states where they go, and and uh, and uh, we had like Christy said, Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon, and I I said, well, you know, we we have one for Portland, and she said, well, Grandpa, we have one in Portland, and I said, well, honey, there's another Portland, and so. So from Geography. east to west across the United <laughs> States, we're about as far apart as we can go. So, Isn't that touching, too, to think yeah. about that there's these birdhouses all over the country that were inspired by your mom? Absolutely. Yeah, and that, as natural as it was to start, it continues naturally. I, the posts that I make are all of people's comments and messages that they've sent to us about what the birdhouses have meant to them and who they've bought them for in memory of. And it's just incredible to have what has happened be happening and continue happening in my mom's memory and to have the Facebook marketplace and that platform to help us reach people and to connect and do you actually transact through the marketplace now yeah you can purchase right off the marketplace yeah and and that's fairly more recent isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think when they had us out to the headquarters they were asking questions about what they could do to help us continue on with what we were doing and and it just kind of continues on like that yeah, so. <laughs> that's excellent. And have they been in contact with you still? Yeah, we've we've got a couple of people that we're pretty close with now. So it, oh, you got fun. like the inside track. <laughs> I love it. When we were in San Francisco, walking through 
Facebook headquarters. You know, there's thousands of people that work there, you know, and I was walking alongside Christy, and I poked her, and I said, you know, I can pretty much guarantee I'm the only one here that doesn't have a Facebook account. <laughs> but don't tell anybody. I think that's why people like him so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so down to earth. <laughs> and it's also like any entrepreneur, you know, you know your lane, what your job is, what you're supposed to be doing. So you guys know your lanes. That's good. Yeah. Well, and it continues keeping us together. We, we kind of get a kick out of the different branches this has taken on yeah. its own. It's, it's kind of telling us what to do at this point, whether it's schools or workshops. And the workshops kind of happened at one of our pickup events. That we were in between customers. They'd come at like 20 people at a time, and then there'd be a little lull. And I remember specifically one of the first couple, my dad was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could connect and like do a birdhouse kit building workshop or something? And every time he drops those little hints, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, that's the next evolution of connected. the business. There was a grief center in Ohio that messaged us, and they asked if we'd be interested in doing a kit building workshop in Ohio, and we were still kind of trying to figure out pickups in my garage at that point. So we, I was like, well, if we can do a workshop in Ohio, we, could, we should probably start in Minnesota, and that's how the connection to Brighter Days happened. Yeah, So, and maybe that is the next evolution. You have a... a that for X amount of money, you go out, you do these yeah. all over the country. and Yeah, they're being requested in Texas and Maine, and people message the Birdhouse page, and when are you going to be in Florida? <laughs> right, you're going to go on the road. I have a 1972 Dodge Van Explorer that my husband's re- rehabbing. If, you, if, if we're going to take it out to California for a month, maybe I'll sell it to you, Ron. <laughs> get on the road. Turn 65, get your... Healthcare taken care of, and then go on the road. <laughs> well, you never know where where life takes you. Yeah, no, you, know? you don't. No. And you just got to be open, right? Yeah, yeah. It's important to find something to do. That would be my advice to anybody in in my situation. Find and some. move. Yeah, and yeah. I mean move in a figurative like. I think when you think about times where you've had depression or sickness. You know, moving physically, just moving, improves everything. Your inflammation, your physical well-being, your connection to nature, your connection to yourself. I think yeah. about that every day. I love taking a nap, but I, in my brain, think, get up. It's time. There's a time for rest and a time for moving. Yeah, that's that's for sure. All right, the birdhouses are $20. You can get them. Is that right? Yeah, correct. They're they're twenty dollars, and the you know we still offer unassembled kits. You know, I cut all the parts and yep. pieces and shrink wrap them together in a little package. Those are fifteen dollars, and then uh, and then if you want a house that's mounted on a steel post, you know, we had people say, "Yeah, I'd love one, but I got no place to put them." You know, right. I, I don't. I don't. I just have little trees in my yard. It's a new house, and so hmm. so we started mounting them on steel posts. So yep. now you can pound a stake in the ground and have them on a post, and and those on a on a poster, $25, and, and they're all available on Facebook. Facebook, and you've got the ornaments. And then here's your next idea, too. So I'm a city dweller, which wouldn't really make sense for me to have a bluebird house. I don't know. We've had people send us pictures of bluebirds with bluebird eggs and really? houses in Prior Lake and Minneapolis. Okay, well, maybe I will <laughs> think about that. But it would be like as a way for me to facilitate the grief movement and you know, that I could buy them and you would then take them and give them or donate them to someone else. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's something to think about. We, yeah, we've we've done that before too, and and uh, so many different ways this thing has touched so many different people. Have you used the charity button too, where you actually collect donations right on the site? Yeah, we did that right after the Today Show aired, as more eyes on Our Lady of Peace's page. We yep. did a, a fundraiser for their excellent. Page, so. Well, I appreciate you guys coming to be on the podcast. It's a maker story that is, you kind of backed into it, but there's no question that you guys are makers and entrepreneurs. I'm really touched by your story, touched by your mom. I miss my own mom, and it's fun to talk to you because, again, it's working through your own grief, right, and just seeing what other people are doing and how they're dealing with it. Thank you for being here today, and thanks for being married to Pat. How long were you guys married? Not quite 36 years. Okay, that's a long time. A couple weeks shy. Today is actually my 26th wedding anniversary. And I was talking to my 20-year-old daughter earlier, and she said, well, haven't you been together like 30 years? I said, yeah, but, you know, we don't count the first time we met. And she said, well, you really should. You could get to 50 faster. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, It's amazing how fast the time goes, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Look back. Struggled, struggled, you know, for a year and a half, and now it's been a year and a half since she's passed, so a long time. It'll be interesting to see what the next year and a half holds for you. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, you guys. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you.